Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello everyone and welcome back to Streaming in Place. And today we are on Lucifer Season 2, Episode 9, Homewrecker. And this is where I go, oopsies, sorry about accidentally spoiling an episode of the show like a couple weeks ago, which Marcus called me out on privately in the chat at the time. He's like, dude, spoilers. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, isn't that like an episode later where you find out that like that's the, the deal with the rent, right? I was like, oh, yeah. So sorry about that, guys. I'm hoping that didn't affect your impact your viewing. What did you spoil? I don't remember. The fact that like how I accidentally, because I was just talking about like, the way that, like, Lucifer makes deals and probably he made some sort of deal for his rent and that's why. And and then that's this episode. <laughs> yeah, I oh, barely have any recollection of that at all. Good. Excellent. That's well, don't say that because it means that I'm not paying attention to you when you talk. And that's not <laughs> great. Oh, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think it's more like, I, I remember you saying that, but also, of course, Lucifer made a deal for his rent. Mm-hmm. Like, I assume that he, that, that he, a number of things he's just paying for in sex. So like, I, you know, I just, uh, I made perfect sense to me. <laughs> Unspoiled. What did you guys think of, of this episode? And like, we got like, a few different, like, we got to talk about the mom stuff. We got to talk about the Charlotte and Dan stuff. We got to talk about Maze just like just loving spying on mom and all of that. Um, that's one corner. And then obviously we've got all the stuff with the case of the week. Um, and then we have that delightful, you know, our shipping moments at the end with Lucifer like freaking out about I've got feels. Um, so so where should we start? You know what I want to start with? I want to start with with. This this week's week's moment of maze, uh, because I feel like every episode has at least one like perfect maze moment. And for me, this week was when I thought she was taking out her camera to take a picture of Charlotte and Dan, but was actually taking out her camera to take a picture of Amenadiel's face. <laughs> it made me laugh very hard. It filled me with delight. Um yeah, I'm I am very into her in general. But mm-hmm. I love those like I love that Lucifer takes the time for these little tiny oddball moments of surprise. Did did that moment strike either of you? Oh yeah. It did. Yeah, yeah. It's very good. Um it's like you said, it's a very silly sort of thing, but it's also deeply sort of maze, both being deeply human in terms of a friend is having issues dealing with something. I'm going to take a picture of it because the face is just too much to bear. But also, it's a demon thing as well of like, aha, a person is suffering, I must capture it and treasure it forever. And I think that the, <laughs> that, that the way that the show blurs that line a little bit between human and demon in these sorts of instances is really very delightful. Um, whether or not they're fully aware that they're doing that, I think is a matter for debate. But I think that it's definitely there, especially through Maze, more than arguably like Lucifer. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's very good. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, that moment, like when you see his face on the screen, you're like, oh, that's what she's doing. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> it's really, it's, yeah. it's a good moment. Um, poor Dan. Poor Dan just can't catch a break. <laughs> oh, boy. He's, he, I mean, he's just so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just feel so bad for how stupid he is. Um, just led around by his penis. 
Well, in his defense, <sighs> Trisha Helfer. Yeah. Have some self-control, man. <laughs> well, I mean, she did call him. Yeah. I think, like, what? have some control of your face, certainly. He did a lot of, like, whoa, awooga, awooga, right? Yeah. Like, that was what his face did. Um, but the actual date, I feel like Dan conducted himself fairly normally, all yeah. things considered. No, he that's was fair. open. He was kind. He was on time. He wore a shirt with a collar. <laughs> that didn't have a jacket over it. <laughs> um, he wasn't gross or sleazy. He did. He apologized when he thought he had done something wrong, which of course he hadn't and all of that. It's, it's, um, it's Charlotte uh, who's, who's the real issue here. And um, oh boy, I... I think, and this is another great moment in the episode, but I think while I actively want Charlotte to stay as far away from Dr. Linda as possible for all kinds of reasons, I do think she could also probably use a qualified therapist <laughs> because that's um, she's making some distressing choices. N- yeah. What? No, she's not. Putting a car bomb <laughs> under the car of the woman that your son is in love with is just... It's just good parenting. That's just, it's you know. <laughs> just good parenting. I come from Georgia where we, we vet potential dates with shotguns. That's just good parenting. <laughs> um, Marcus says, uh, talking about exes, if mom was actually Charlotte, that wouldn't go well. Yes, but I don't care because that means we get, like, just the vicarious thrill of, of watching. Like, it's a good scene, but just there's an extra thrill of watching Dan like relating about exes, not knowing that the the ex he's relating about is God, is just delightful. It's just really fun. It's true. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's like yeah, exes, man. Mm-hmm. They make all of creation, and then they just don't uh, don't pay any attention anymore. You know. <laughs> yeah, I liked the. I really liked the the Doctor Linda and uh, and mom moment as well. Just even just for the sight gag of you know their height oh yeah yeah yeah, which is good but um but just like the i'm not telling you anything (laughs) just very but then she she doesn't have to she she does she can't resist the whole oh right the club and it's just like oh linda linda oh no yeah linda you don't understand you're talking to a fucking goddess of creation who's obviously very intelligent even if she hasn't figured out how to be a human being yet um she she knows you think you're joking to you and you're not no no dial it back well but we did see one of my favorite moments of of one of the earlier episodes of season was a moment of charlotte of mom watching lucifer watch chloe and that was one of the first Mm -hmm like earlier scenes when they were interacting at the, the, the bar and, and immediately clocking that as something that she should be paying attention to. So she's been paying attention for a while, even if this was what tipped her over. Yeah, no, that's fair. But still, Linda gave away the ghost. <laughs> I like that they that we apparently have just completely forgotten about the Charlie was a cop thing. So that's, you know, for the best. Only interacting with everybody as, as a defense attorney. Uh, I, I also enjoy her brand of uh, attorneying. Of like, yeah, I paid your bail. Uh, so you're going to blow somebody up for me now? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very good. <laughs> very good. That's how this works, right? Yeah. That's how it works in the Perry Mason revival I'm getting oh, ready to binge. That 
trailer is so good. Oh my god, Tatiana oh, Maslany. We're gonna is... have to have a discussion about that. You don't then, like the trailer? I am so here for Tatiana Maslany as a scammer, like a religious, like radio scammer. All right, quick sidebar. Nothing about that trailer says Perry Mason in any way, shape, or form. It says prestige generic film noir. It does not say Perry Mason in any way, shape, or form. So I don't know why why it's Perry Mason. Anyway. That's not a deal breaker for me. That's not a deal breaker. Allison, would you like to, do you have any thoughts on this? Do you know, have you seen that trailer? Uh, no, I didn't bother to watch it because of Good. course I'm going to watch it. It's Perry Mason with Matthew Reese. Yeah. <sighs> like I'm so, I'm already sold. I don't need the marketing material. <laughs> Like it just, I mean, frankly, Matthew Reese is enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I Matthew understand. Reese, detective, that's another level up. And then you add in Perry Mason, I'm like, okay, yep, yep, yep. Let's yep. do this. Let's, let's do uh, put it directly into my veins. Well, okay. speaking of detectives, let's pivot back to Lucifer here and let's <laughs> nice. talk about the case of the week. Um, oh yeah, Marcus says Reese plus Maslany equals watch, and yeah, that's the correct math. Um, so, so what did you guys think of our our case of the week and our various? Uh, crime scenes and all of that. I think it's an okay case of the week. Um, I like the fact that it gets kind of bound up in like Lucifer's like primary means of existence in terms of it's my home. It's also how I make my money. Um, even though, again, his books are just not books. Mm-hmm. But I think that the, putting that in there and then sort of quasi answering the question of wait, he's been here for five years. How does he have any of this? I think is, I think is fine. I think it works well. And I think it provides a little bit more like forward agency and momentum in the case rather than there's a someone who must be punished type of approach that they typically have. So I like that it provides a different sense of stakes for Lucifer, both the character and for the show. Um, even if the resolution is a visible from a mile away and be handled far, 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 far too quickly <laughs> because that takes so much time to get that through anything, let alone the Los Angeles city council. Yeah. You don't just get, make a building a historical landmark and it's all okay. Like that's not how that works, but also having your, your con, your lease contract on what was it? A bra? No, it was a thong, I think, right? Thong, yes, a thong. That also just is not in legally lipstick. binding in any way, shape, or form. But also, I do kind of want to see a notary be handed a thong and go, I I don't... How? <laughs> well, so what did you think of the case of the week? Oh, I don't want to be the buzzkill here, but it was... I. So I... Um, <laughs> was way more interested in Lucifer is getting evicted than I was in what actually happened, yeah, which I, I guess um, like puts me on equal footing with Lucifer, who's also obviously more interested in the fact that he's getting evicted than he is in the, in the murdered folks um, or um, I guess murdered plus botched suicide attempt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which just, I, I mean, also more interested in what Lucifer was drawing on, Patrick Bateman's cast than I was in anything else. Um, so it's fine. I mean, I like, I just, for all we talk about how it's just a platform to get to whatever's going on with the characters. And of course I 
agree, and that's true, and it's one of the great things about this show. Um, sure, it would be nice if they would throw in a couple extra red herrings, um, because it's being able to clock who the killer is by the approximate timestamp at which they show up and have thirty seconds more camera time than they should is getting a little dull. Um, uh, it's not fun anymore. Uh, but beyond that, I just I feel like despite Lucifer's many um, uh, uh, vocal effusions about this, uh, I, I don't think the show spends enough time on how incredibly stupid it is that these two people think the romantic thing is to go to jail. Um, both of them. Uh, not together, of course, because they're not going to get a cell together. So they're both just going to jail. Uh, and it doesn't make any sense at all. Like it, and it's not supposed to make sense, but it doesn't make any sense at all. So then you throw in rushing through the hysterical historical landmark thing, which I would probably have an easier time buying if it weren't for all the other reality breaking issues in the story. Um, and the weird, well, it's now you're going to have to buy it out right from this person as though you can't also make money off having a building that's a historic landmark. And like, I just don't, I don't know. It was, it was a lot. It was all a perfectly okay stepping stone to all of the stuff that was going on with Lucifer and Chloe, which was obviously the most interesting bit. And Sky says, uh, exactly, sacrificing everything for your partner so that they can benefit in no way. So silly. <laughs> Yeah, and Marcus thinks they should talk to their lawyer, and I would be, yes, I agree, I do, I do not think that their decision in that moment is gonna, like, cons- like in my head, that falls away pretty quickly after they talk to their lawyers. Um, anyway. God, I hope so. Yeah, I agree, I, like, Case of the Week is just, it's there, I guess, uh, but this for me is all about Lucifer and Chloe, and I actually really was invested in Lucifer is, uh getting evicted so the solution is throw a party <laughs> which which worked for me and then like get to so get the movers so it's just like passed out that they can't move your stuff that works yeah um i think humans call it a sit-in <laughs> uh, what were you gonna say no no i was gonna agree with allison in that when the show doesn't have the guest budget to do big faces to sort of propel you a little bit it really does dampen a lot of the ways in which we can be enjoy the case of the week on another level of getting to see semi-famous b actors do work and be silly or engage in some stuff and like this is nothing against the fellow who plays um the cooper son um who i think was on nashville a lot i think he was on nashville for a while um but i don't he's not famous enough to like pull anything from those scenes to make it feel any any more exciting than it probably should be and while they get a good performance out of um whomever the, uh Vina sued who's great as uh the tycoon who's just out to screw dead cooper that's a scene and it's like why weren't you the villain the entire time because you're great your whole vibe is very, very good here. But it just, it's too interested in the eviction stuff to really commit to the case of the week. Um, which, again, is still fine, but it's just, it could just be a lot better. But I think that's also just par for the course for the show most of the time, unless they get a really good guest cast in place. Yeah, well, and it's like they, they blew their guest cast budget 
right. the previous episode. <laughs> they did um, it already, so we're never going to get another good guest star ever and, again. And again, that's not shade to Nick Jandel, who's who's Eric Cooper, the son, but like the like he does a fine job. But it's also I think they didn't want our attention on the case of the week because they wanted yeah. us focused where we were. Um, what did you guys think of the party and then like the fake out with Chloe and you know where they resolved things or didn't? So I like the fake out with Chloe because it feels very sort of a extension of a lot of what she was dealing with in the previous episode in terms of you we're partners, you don't leave me aside, we're involved. And that kind of a sense of dedication to that concept coming through here of, all right, I can buy you a little bit of extra time. And then her having the idea also then of the uh, historical landmarking stuff, I think really emphasizes it puts her, it puts the money where her mouth is, which I think is really, really important for them to show since it's easy to see how, what they both get out of this, but the degree in terms of like on a judicial system level, and then Lucifer's just desire to punish people. But extending it into a different sort of realm, I think is really, really effective. And doing it here, I think works really, really well. Allison, how did you feel about it? Um, I, you know, I really liked it. I, I think it makes perfect sense that that's how Lucifer would choose to deal with this particular crisis. I got like a a visceral thrill from the moment when Chloe was like, well, what are you doing? Turn the music back up. Like it was such a, such an earned surprise that of course your expectations of the character are in line with Lucifer's expectations, but they've put in all of the work that of course she would do this for him. And it doesn't mean that it's a permanent fix, but it's a fix that matters. And, um, and despite the fact that, of course, she could never pull off what she actually pulls off in the time frame required, it's a, like a really thoughtful way of solving the problem, which is indicative of the things that I like so much about the character. And um, yeah, I thought it was really lovely. It, all, all getting to that ending where I was like, no, what are you doing? Go to the steakhouse. Oh, my God, no. Um, yeah. Just a, just a real bummer that that was not as much of a bummer as the bomb under the car but a bummer nonetheless mm-hmm. yeah it was i when when he's just sitting there and he stood her up for the date i harkened back to our conversation about are we supposed to like charlotte anymore and my immediate thought are we supposed to like lucifer anymore and i think mm. that the answer is no in a very <laughs> joking sort of sense of like he stood up close. She put on a nice sweater and a skirt to go to the steakhouse. You stood her up. That's not okay, bro. That is not okay. Just because you have a case of the okay. feels. You definitely text back at least with a bad excuse. <laughs> I liked that. We also just saw her texts and it was like, you know, I like that. It was very Chloe of, of, yeah. uh, you know, like how, you know, is everything Okay. You know, do I have the time right? And then, like, like I like that the second last one was, wait, was, wait, are you okay? Because she knows it's out of character, and you know that's yeah. her concern. That that it makes more sense that he's not okay, or and something's happened that that he's just being a dick, um, or at least that's what she wants. It you know she's giving him the benefit of the doubt with that before she just leaves. So, um, yeah, no, there's, yeah, it's fun, and I won't say more because I know what happens next. I have a question for Noel that I can't ask Kate because she's seen it. So the second this episode ended, my partner and I were like, okay, well, so who is going to stop her? Because Chloe was just in a car accident and they didn't show the car blowing up. So obviously someone is going to stop Charlotte. So 
do you think it's going to be nays or do you think it's going to be a meta deal? And we talked about that for several minutes and I have an opinion, but before I share mine, I want to know. Right. See, that's what I I was thinking about that a lot as well after the episode ended. Um, And I did not ask my partner because she, she knows how this plays out as well. And I didn't want to be tipped (laughs) off. Um, And I feel like the answer is almost hopefully maze. Like that's who I want it to be. Um, Just because I think that, Maze does not want her roommate to get blown up. Um, and also then Maze has to... I, I I just assume that this is how this works, is that Maze just assumes custody of Trixie. And while I'm all there for that... Um, <laughs> no, so I think it's Maze, just because I think she's probably aware that something's going on re-Charlotte going after Chloe. So she's maybe kind of keeping an eye on Chloe from her typical Maze distance. Um... So me, I'm hoping that it's Maze, um, but I feel like it being a meta deal would be, it wouldn't totally make sense in terms of where he is emotionally or like plot wise of kind of being on the Charlotte bandwagon, but I wouldn't be disappointed if it was him. I just think it's Maze. Do you, you think it's a meta deal? Or do you think it's Maze? I, you know, I, it's funny because I thought it was Maze at when, my partner and I were talking Mm -hmm. and I still think that that's more likely because you can sort of imagine exactly how it would play out, right? Like she would stop her and then it's Maze's word versus Charlotte's. And of course they're both going to believe mom. And so then it's all dramatic. But then I remember that they put in the work of having Amenadiel following Charlotte because he's concerned about her because she doesn't know how to be a human yet. So they've already laid the groundwork for him to be, there to watch her. Um, That's a really good point. That isn't because he's suspicious. That's um, super fair. So yeah. So I don't know, but I'm but I'm interested in either of those things. I I know I don't know about Nova, um, but I know Scotty has not seen it. So if either of I, I, I SB, I don't know if you've seen it or not yet. Um, but Scotty, I know you haven't. Anybody who hasn't seen it, if you want to predict, I would be very curious. Because obviously that's what's going to happen. Or the car would have blown up already. Or it won't work. I guess it could not work. Dan, Scotty says. Dan stops her. <laughs> oh! Ooh! Well, then Dan is in very grave danger, and now I'm yes. invested in Dan. <laughs> I thought we were already invested in Dan and his pudding. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm already invested in Dan. So I don't so I don't want him to be in harm's way, which obviously I'm already concerned about because Charlotte. Also, I think Lucifer is now invested in Dan. So that would be I don't actually think it's Dan, but it's fun to imagine, Scotty says. Yep, that's fun. That is fun to imagine. I watched ahead the show is like chocolate cake. <laughs> um, Without yeah, the peanut okay. butter. Without the peanut butter. <laughs> um <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Kate, don't spoil it for us. I was very into that ending. I'm, it's a, my, my kind of cliffhanger where it's not like what happens next, but how is this averted? I'm more mm-hmm. interested in that. Most yeah. of the time. Well, does anybody have any other topics they wanted us to, to touch on here um, in the episode? Go ahead and drop it into the chat. Um, and if not, I, how do you guys feel like they're pacing the whole Lucifer Chloe thing for a show that's like so invested and has been for so long in OTP and not really doing too much else with their main couple like how are how's the pacing been for you guys on the chloe lucifer stuff it's been fine for me like it's it's i i admit that it's not something i'm like particularly like too invested in or involved in uh it's not taking up a lot of like my brain space so 
it's fine for me um, as someone who doesn't particularly care about it. Um, but also knowing that this is where the game's going, them slow playing, it's fine. I don't mind. Allison? Well, like I said, you know, five minutes ago, it feels like I'm more invested in them as friends than I am in them yeah. as a romantic pairing, even though it's obvious that that's where it's been headed from the very beginning. Um, but I, I just think like the complexities of their platonic relationship are, are so, um, prominent that it's easy to just sort of engage with those and not feel like it's being slow played. Like it feels like usually when there's a will they, won't they, and it's obvious that the answer is they will, um, you know, the intentional roadblocks that they throw up can be pretty frustrating from a storytelling perspective. And obviously this is one of these, right? Like Lucifer is freaked out. And so now there's a roadblock, whether it's short there for a short time or a long for a more long-term situation, it's obviously intended to stop that train. Um, but they haven't really done that with their friendship because Chloe is so good about being like, I'm we're friends. This is what friends do. So here are the things that you did to wound me. And here is how you rectify them. And here are the ways that I wounded you without meaning to. And I apologize. And uh, all of that, I think, has been really well handled. So I guess it doesn't even really feel like a slow burn to me is my answer. Scotty says, I honestly thought they'd moved away from trying to make that a romantic pairing, so it was. I was a little surprised to see it come back. I don't think they're doing it badly, per se. As people's lives change, they reach uh, they reach for and away from each other with an ebb and flow, so it's not not working, and I think that's a good point. And then uh, Marcus says, I always get frustrated with OTPs when they find some rather feeble excuse to keep them apart. <laughs> Quoting Yoda, do or do not. Uh, yeah, I agree. Especially when it's something you're so invested in, and they've, they've come to such a good... I mean, with something we talked about, they've really invested and done the legwork into making them feel like friends who are important to each other that are like a stabilizing and significant part of each other's lives outside of a romantic uh, partnership or romantic pairing. And like a lot of shows don't do the, the work for that. They don't really make it feel like these are two people who respect and care about each other. Um, and so if it's a show that does puts that work in I'm, honestly at a certain point i don't even care if they get together uh see also elementary um or in that case don't put them together or i'll stop watching the show <laughs> yeah you know um but but i just t- so appreciate that and then then when they do if they do um like here they've clearly set up an otp and then they are decide they don't want to get there too quick or too slow they're really being very deliberate about it um, I, I'm, I don't mind it so much. Like, you know, it doesn't bother me as much as it, as it normally would a la Marcus because I, they aren't putting up like roadblocks to their friendship and to their communication, you know? So, so for me, I, I'm more comfortable with that or I'm less frustrated by that aspect because they're still, you know, communicating with their words. <laughs> they're still, they're still acting like people act. So, you know, I appreciate that. Um, any final thoughts on this? Cause I've, this was a short one for us, but I feel like there's other stuff coming. This is like another kind of setup episode. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what, so, so what do you guys think? Final I thoughts. do want to say that I think, um, Alice in particular was really great in those last couple scenes. Like it felt like a shade of Lucifer we haven't seen before when he just, couldn't comprehend the magnitude of this thing that she had done for him that he didn't ask for um, and that she didn't want anything in return for. She just knew it was important to him. And so she 
made it happen after she said she would and he didn't believe her. Um, I thought, I just thought he was really, really great in those scenes. Um, so was Lauren German, but he, I, I thought, really sold the hell out of that. There was a, I don't know, I guess there's a moment when you're falling in love with somebody where you tend to be sort of bowled over by some piece of them that you haven't really reckoned with yet, you know? And it was like that only even bigger because it seemed to just be about the human experience in general. It was very good. He was very good. Not that he's not, that he's ever not good, but it was very good. Mm-hmm. It's also just fun to watch. I mean, cause we're very much with in Dr. Martin's, uh, Dr. Linda's shoes there where it's like, yeah, what did you think this is? Because like you're catching up to where the rest of the show and all the other characters have been since like mid season one, when, when Dr. Linda and, uh, and Maze and Amenadiel are like, Oh, Okay. Okay, which is like a minute deal. Like that was his reaction when he the first time he saw them interact, and, and you're just getting there now. Okay, okay. I, I think they they um, it was fun to watch. You know that that, and I think it landed. It made the last you know co- cross cut of at the restaurant and at home in the in the dark, of course. Uh, land that like you know I was I could go with that more because of the previous scene. Did you have any final thoughts, uh, Noel, for this episode? No, just that now I need to watch the group. Mine has decided you're in love. Um, <laughs> wrap this up. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, SB says it made me think about Lucifer's experience in his long life that people do things for him because he asks for it as return favor. He's experienced a new kind of care and kindness with Chloe, which is really lovely. And uh, Sky says it's, it's a good, beautiful point, and it is. Like you really get the sense that he has literally never experienced that from his family. From like, because clearly he doesn't trust his most of his family, anyways. Um, but yeah, it's the notion of like, but like. He's he's such a he's such a friendly, personable demon, <laughs> angel. Um, but but everything is transactional, and he understands the world that way. So the notion of a non-transactional thing is just very strange. So yeah, it was it was a good moment. Yeah. Well, speaking of moments, that's going to wrap up our conversation here today. Tomorrow we're going to be back to talk about Lucifer season two, episode ten, which is quid pro ho. Um, so yeah, we'll have some fun with that, uh, ne- tomorrow, but for now, thank you to everyone who's hanging out in the chat today. We've got Keenan and Marcus and SB and Scotty. Always a uh, pleasure chatting with you guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're good titles, right? SB says I laugh out loud every time you introduce the next episode title. Yeah, they're good. They're fun. They have fun on the show. Um, okay. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.